Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of one-page books of the Bible. This week, our study is concentrated on the book of 2 John, which was written by the Apostle John sometime between AD 85 and 95. The theme of this book is truth and love, hence the title of this message. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message. Truth is the source of life. Secondly, truth is the rule of life. And I'm not saying that there are grammatical turns at these points in my outline. I'm saying here's how they relate to the theme word of truth. Truth is the rule of life. Verse 4, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Walking in truth is the key phrase here. A Christian is one who confesses the truth of God's Word and lives in harmony with what he or she claims to believe. He's not, he's not talking about perfect obedience. We know that none of us is capable of that. But he's talking about the lifestyle of a person who judges all things by the standard of God's Word. Always we need to ask, what does truth require me to do? That's the right question. Not, what can I get away with? What does truth require me to do? Now he said he was, he was very glad about these people walking in the truth. That, that those three words, was very glad, translates one Greek word that's used in such a way to indicate that John had been personally involved with these people that he was commending. I've, I've seen the impact of some of your ministry. Maybe, maybe biological children, maybe grandchildren, but people you've influenced. And that makes me very glad. I know, I'm no apostle, but I know as a person who is devoted to teaching people the truth of Scripture, there is no joy as wonderful as seeing people devoted to the truth of Scripture. There's no joy like watching somebody live according to God's Word. The greatest joy of ministry truly is seeing people walking in the truth and enjoying Christian fellowship with like-minded believers. And the greatest heartache of ministry is people turning from the truth or people abandoning fellowship or destroying fellowship. So John's really specific about making sure his words are not subject to misinterpretation or twisting. He says, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. In other words, when he talks about truth, he's talking about specific truth, the things revealed in the Word of God. The voice of God is recorded in the Word of God. Your personal opinion of what is true might be interesting, but it doesn't matter about the way to get to heaven. What God says is true is what matters. We have a lot of thinkers in our society today who are pretty successfully 
convincing a generation or two to reduce truth to something relative, something subjective, something personal. But that simply isn't true. I listened this week to a little bit of a a recording of, of somebody witnessing on a college campus and talking to people who, who honestly, truly believed, I can have my truth, you can have your truth, they can be mutually exclusive and contradictory, and they're both true. Because it's, it's what works for you, it's what works for me. So, so okay, so if my truth says that I should, uh, sh- should pull all a machete and lop off your head, that's okay? Well, No. Well, why not? Well, that's wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Well, I believe it's wrong. Well, why do you believe it's wrong? I just do. That's my belief. It it, it becomes, it truly does become laughable, but it's tragic. We have now the high and humbling calling of taking the truth to a generation that rejects the idea of truth. There are people today that truly do not believe that there's any such thing as absolute truths. And yet, to say there are no absolutes is an absolute. You know, you, you, that shows the issue is blindness, spiritual blindness. They need, the, they need the blinders lifted, which is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to open their eyes to the truth. The truth of God's Word is the standard by which everyone will be judged. So truth is the source of life, and truth is the rule of life. And then verse 5, truth is the boundary of love. He writes in verse 5, Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we've had from the beginning, that we love one another. Notice he uses commandment in this context, as a synonym for truth. He uses truth four times in the first four verses. He uses love four times in this book. And here's the other one. He uses commandment four times in the rest of this letter. When he says, I'm talking about the commandment that we've had from the beginning, he's going way back to that first thing he wrote, the Gospel of John, where he recorded the words of Jesus in John 13, 34 and 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this all men will know you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So, how do I love God and love my neighbor? Read on, verse 6. And this is love that we walk according to His commandments. Not we walk according to what makes us feel good, not we walk according to our own personal truth, not we walk according to what doesn't hurt anybody else. We walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. The command to love God and the command to love your neighbor are not two separate things. Every command of God is a requirement to show love to Him and to our neighbors. And he uses that same word we've seen Paul use so much, walk, the word for describing your your daily conduct. You can say all you want about being a Christian and believing the truth, but if the truth doesn't affect and control the decisions that you make every day, 
And if it doesn't direct you toward loving others, oh, then your claim to belong to the Lord is, is, is in question. You can be a staunch defender of the truth of God's Word and not show any love to others. You can believe that God's Word is inerrant and that Jesus is His Son, but if your relationships with others don't manifest love, then what you say you believe is, well, it's, it's suspect. If you really know the truth, it sets you free. That includes setting you free from bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice. This freedom shows up in your life in the pattern of loving other people in the same way that you love yourself. And just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same way, the so-called golden rule. Luke 6.31 and Matthew 7.12. Truth is the source of life. Truth is the rule of life. Truth is the boundary of love. And number four, truth is the boundary of fellowship. We're sneaking up here on the punchline. Notice the first word in verse 7, for. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Notice how carefully that's worded. There's a big difference between saying Jesus, the man, became the Christ and Jesus Christ came from the Father. Difference between right and wrong, truth and fiction. This is why Paul, or not Paul, John, wrote this book. It's the reason for the commands here. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Look, the apostles weren't even dead yet. John was still around. It had only been 20 or 30 years, 20 years since the close of the ministry of the apostle Paul. And already many deceivers have gone out into the world. That's the same message that he gave in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. He calls these false prophets deceivers because they deal in deception. Their spiritual or spiritual destruction of Christians is one of their goals. The other one is preventing people from becoming Christians. And he gives us this description. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. There's nothing more crucial for you to understand if you're going to be able to avoid deception when it comes to who Jesus is. He is fully God. That's his deity. He is fully man That is His humanity. He is totally both of those all the time simultaneously. He does not have an invisible switch that He can flick. I'm going to do something in my humanity now, and then a little later today I'm going to flick over to the deity side. I think I'll heal a few people. No, He is Jesus Christ, the God-man. Neither one of those aspects of His being overshadow or negate the other. He existed for all eternity. He took on human flesh by being born of the Virgin Mary. He always was the Messiah. The word Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Mashiach, Messiah. He died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. He ascended to the Father, and He will return again to set up His kingdom on earth. That's the, about as short as you can make the description of who Jesus is. And there are many deceivers out there. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.